0: Genuine guidance was so hard to get because uh, just to find out what are my avenues, can I get a scholarship, how can I apply, students had to pay hundreds and thousands of rupees to counselors. But genuinely, students in in the deepest parts of the country were facing challenges on guidance. And that's how I set up Chet Chat about five years ago.
1: Hello
2: everyone, you are listening to The Women's Stories. Our guest in this episode runs India's largest career and education space. She has done her master's from Accelerate Jamshedpur and was also an economics gold medalist. She has also been a TEDx speaker and I'm very sure that you must have seen one of her videos on YouTube and would have already learned a lot from her. She does not do chit-chat, but she owns chit-chat. Yes, I am only and only talking about Chetna Vashisht, a person who has always carried a smile on her face and has provided us so much of valuable content, starting from teaching every English lesson that you could have ever imagined, to telling us many interesting tips and tricks for studying well. Her voice enlightens the room, and today, I'm more than glad to have such a personality on the episode 6 of The Women's Stories.
0: Thank you, Kushi. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm, I'm really honored to be part of The Women's Stories. I'm sure you're sort of, you know, talking to really inspiring women.
2: And so a very warm welcome to The Women's Stories. And how have you been doing lately? I've been doing good. Thank you so
0: much. It's festival time and yeah, we are gearing up for the Festival of Lights in India. So we're doing good.
2: And yes, also uh, wishing you a very happy Diwali. Thank you. Same to you,
0: Kushi. Thank you so much. And thank you for the work that you do because I'm sure it's inspiring so many girls out there. Um,
2: Thank you. So my first question for you is what was your inspiration uh, behind Chet Chat?
0: Okay, so uh, honestly, I was in the education field. I was a banker earlier, but I had got into the education field. I was teaching MBA students at various universities and colleges and institutions across the country. And I found that guidance was genuine guidance was so hard to get. Because uh, just to find out what are my avenues, can I get a scholarship? How can I apply? Students had to pay hundreds and thousands of rupees to counsellors. And sadly enough, some of the counsellors had, you know, they, they had their own vested interests. They had commissions with some university or the other, and they would give misinformation to the students just for that reason. So my goal was, how can I set up this one platform where a child can just sign up when they are a young student from there till the time they make their career? They should get all the guidance absolutely free and secondly the goal was that the guidance should be totally genuine and authentic so no matter how many sponsors we get or no matter how many collaborators we get that is one thing i never compromise on the the information is absolutely genuine and true and you know honest
2: uh, that's great to hear and uh, I, it's it's a very empowering initiative. Uh, what has been your journey between being an accelerated student to uh, finally having India's largest education and career space that is Chet Chat? <laughs>
0: I must say that the journey was not linear and no one's journey is linear. So you think you're going to go in a particular direction, but life is never happens like that. So... My journey after XLRI, I joined the banking sector. I joined a bank called ANZ Grindley's Bank. And from there, I moved to Standard Chartered Bank. And between the two multinational banks, I worked for about 10 years. And somewhere, I found myself gravitating towards the career of teaching. And even within the bank, when there were training programs, I would get very excited about the fact that, oh, I wish I could take this training program kind of thing. So I remember I was in Bangalore. I was transferred to Bangalore with Standard Chartered. And I went to IIM Bangalore. And I met with the head of marketing. And I said to him that I want to teach. And uh, he said that, why not? Because we are always looking at people from industry to come and teach. So why don't you take a program called Services Marketing? And I was like, I've never taught before. And he said, don't worry. We'll guide you. We'll help you. And it'll all be fine. And if you've seen the movie Three Idiots, that big huge auditorium in which people you know this this professor standing and there's this Mm. you know huge auditorium that's the first classroom that I walked into and I must say it was not easy and I had never taught before and the students started making fun of me because you know I started asking them stupid questions Mm. like have you ever been to McDonald's and they were like no miss never (laughs) so anyway (laughs) so from there uh, I liked it I enjoyed it even though they made fun of me I Felt happy being with students. I felt happy at the idea of being able to teach. And from then onwards, I started teaching at a number of B schools at IRPM and NITI and uh, NMIMS and a number of B schools. And I moved back to Bombay as well. And then I set up a training company called Learning Tree where I sort Mm. of did this happy mix of teaching and banking. So with my banking experience, I was training the banks and I had quite a few banking clients where I would train them on, you know, whether it's selling skills or a lot of personality development kind of topics. And I ran that for a fair amount of time till I, you know, bumped into this obstacle that I found students were genuinely facing guidance issues. It was not about people already being in banks. They were sort of privileged because they already had a job. But genuinely, students in, in the deepest parts of the country were facing challenges on guidance. And that's how I set up Chit Chat about five years ago.
2: Um, that's, that's amazing uh, to hear, especially that auditorium part. I, I was engrossed in the scene. I actually imagined you walking in the room. <laughs>
0: it was fun and scary at the same time. Because when you're, when you're new to teaching and you're standing there and these young I am Bangalore students are so smart. And uh, not only are they smart, they know it as well. So they pull your leg Mm -hmm. and
2: it it was a
0: great experience for me, taught me a lot.
2: So before posting your first uh, YouTube video, did you took some time to plan out everything? And if yes, then what were your thoughts at that time and how did you exactly plan?
0: Okay, I am not much of a planner. (laughs) So I literally decided that I want to set up a YouTube channel and the next thing I was shooting. So we had no mics. We didn't know about lighting. We had one camera and I was like, I don't care. I want to shoot, (laughs) you know, and we learn along the way. So there are two kinds of people. There are one kind of person who says I want to plan everything and I want to be very sure about what I want to do before I do it. And then there's me mm-hmm. who says, just do it and uh, it you'll figure it out. So I literally jumped into it and it's not very difficult. So today, if somebody wants to set up a YouTube channel, of course, the smartphones are great because in those days, uh, the smartphones were not so high quality. So we needed mm-hmm. DSLRs, but nowadays smartphones are great and you just need a basic light maybe and a mic. and
2: it's. So what will you advise to someone who has, Just started her own YouTube channel because YouTube as a platform is becoming a little saturated day by day.
0: Yes, YouTube is tough business. I have to say to anybody who wants to get onto it, it is very tough business and it's getting tougher by the day because you know there's so many YouTube channels, people are so creative, and uh, you know there's so many ideas out there. So, no matter what channel idea you have, you'll find somebody else already has that idea. So it is a just getting and you know being able to differentiate yourself becomes very difficult. So in terms of the algorithm, I don't think I have any idea. Even today, I have to tell you when I post a video, I have no idea whether it'll do well or not. I think everything is sorted. I've taken care of all the aspects. All my five years of learning is sitting in this video, but it doesn't do well sometimes. And that's the reality of YouTube. But there's one other thing, which is that you just got to keep going back every time, even if it doesn't do well or even if you don't get a great response. You just need to go back the next time and the next time and the next time. And the second thing is you've got to listen to your viewer because you'll find under the viewer and under the video, people will be writing something to you Mm -hmm. saying, hey, why don't you do this? And hey, why don't you do that? And sometimes when you read those messages, you'll find that there's a voice. They're trying to tell you something. Mm -hmm. And the more you take care of that voice, the more they come back and watch what you do. So, just bear that customer in mind when you're designing something don't think oh he did it like this or she did it like this think about who are you talking to and talk to that person and connect with that person and try to solve some problem or help that person in some way if there is some help coming through or some problem getting solved they will come back again you know it's like i keep telling people that you are this movie producer who's releasing a movie, in my case, I release a video every Friday, so it's like releasing a movie every Friday, and it's out there in the public, and people are going to write reviews, so when you see a movie, you write a review, you like it, you don 't like it, you say something now, negative comments are part of the scene you know that's that's part of the deal you signed up for it you're a public personality. Uh, when you go to see a movie and uh, somebody doesn't make the movie well, you you give them a feedback, don't you? So I look at it as, so to me, it is the students. I'm talking to them. If they want something and I, I don't give it to them and they say, hey, you know, you didn't tell us about this. So to me, I don't look at it as a negative comment. I'm like, okay, that's a good point. Maybe that's what they want. So I'll give you an example. I'll give you a more direct example i used to make these english videos and i used to make mm-hmm. these earlier the videos used to be with a lot of tips on how to learn english how to become fluent mm-hmm. in english so i would tell them read books go on to podcasts mm-hmm. so on and so forth and they came back to me saying that don't tell us how to do it teach us english mm-hmm. so and i thought to myself i said hey what am i doing i'm telling them how to learn english which means i'm telling them go here go there go to a podcast go to a newspaper, go to a book. Instead of that, if I could be the podcast and I could be the newspaper or the book and I could be that source of English for them, that's what they're trying to tell me. So all the negative feedback actually helps you tremendously because that's the only way you're going to grow. So then I decided to launch this 21-day English-speaking course where I said, okay, I'm going to teach you English. I'm not going to tell you to go anywhere. You come right here and I'm going to teach you English. And they loved it. And they came back and said, please make a video on verbs and please make a video on tenses. And they were the ones guiding me. Of course, there are people who will pass personal comments on the way you look and the way you dress. And I think that's the part we just need to ignore. Not for anything else, because it's just, it's okay. People have a right to say what they want to, but you should listen to what you want to listen to. But always take... Take the essence out of that feedback. Never ignore feedback. Always take it on board, accept it, and say, how can I move from here? How can I improve from here? And of course, you can't take care of every single negative feedback. But to me, it's always a lesson that I can learn from there.
2: Yes, this is, uh, I would say, a gem uh, Often advice because uh, I'm also planning to launch my own YouTube channel. It's all ready. It's all prepared. So yes. So I'm just learning. So uh, hopefully your our podcast will be the first video that will oh, go. Oh, fabulous!
0: I'm so uh, excited about yeah. it. So excited about <laughs> it. Yeah, it's a great start. But Kushi, even my advice to you is, uh, don't get disheartened. Initially, there'll be very few views. You think you've done a fabulous job but uh, you're saying what happened and don't worry just keep going keep on uh, producing more and more content and start learning so that's the thing you know if you if something doesn't do well go back and take a look at it to say what can i change what can i change and ask the viewer what do you think i should do different so keep changing keep learning keep growing keep experimenting don't be afraid try different formats And uh, you'll find the right, perfect mix that works for you.
2: Uh, Tell us something about your previous venture named Learning Tree in a bit detail. I'm very curious to know what all went into Learning Tree and where is it today? (laughs) Okay, so I
0: uh, ran Learning Tree for for a fair bit of time. I remember they they were, so basically what was Learning Tree? It was a training company. I used to do training for banks, like I mentioned earlier to you, that because from my banking experience, and I would run these in-house programs. So I would go to banks like HDFC Bank, like Kotak Mahindra Bank, ICICI Bank. There were a lot of international banks. I had about 20 banks for my clients. And I would travel sometimes. Within India, there was a lot of travel. There was travel internationally as well. Because once you roll out a program, you need to cover all their, uh, you know, all the people in that particular uh, mm-hmm. lab. So it was really interesting to me to be able to, that was my first uh, stint at actually creating new and new, new content. Because as I was teaching in MBA schools, the content was pretty much dictated by the syllabus. And here was the first time that I could create my own content whether it was about selling skills or negotiation skills or time management or personal effectiveness or communication skills or, you know, how to make a great presentation. or There was a ton of topics that we used to cover and all the content was built by me. So that gave me a great sort of platform from where I learned how to create content. I figured, you know, how to tell stories and how to engage people in different stories. And how to keep them engaged for eight hours in a day. So we would do full day sessions, two days in a row. That was Learning Tree. I actually wound down Learning Tree simply because I got a little bored. uh, Also, to me, it was like I was teaching the very privileged students who were already in banking jobs. They were doing so well. And I was teaching them how to get better. And I found that they, they didn't really crave for any of that knowledge they felt it was more like mm. you know training program mein jao khana pina khau, enjoy karo din ke and uh, it wasn't really like oh I want to mm. learn something kind of thing so that joy that you get mm. from teaching wasn't really coming uh, so while it was fun but it wasn't mm. personally satisfying and that's when I thought you know how about I reach out to uh, you know that Adivasi student from a From a rural area in india Mm. or maybe somebody living in uh, the interiors of ethiopia or somebody living in uh, bangladesh and these are the students who are not getting access to information how about we do something to help them and they're the ones that really will be grateful and they are they are really really grateful very sweet and loving and they appreciate the work that you do for them so that was the transition from Learning Tree to Chet Chat.
2: And that's a very inspirational story. And I'm really happy for the students uh, that have got the privilege to learn from you. So we have seen you uh, mentoring students and giving them uh, career advice. So today we would like to know, as a teenager, what were your aspirations with your career and How did they change over time? You know, I had
0: many different phases. There was a time when I wanted to become a doctor. And uh, there was a time when I was in college and I won a beauty pageant. And at that time, I thought that I wanted to become a model. There was a time when I wanted to become an air hostess. And there was a time when uh, I wanted to become an economist. So... (laughs) You know, you know how it is. We go through so many different phases in our life. We get inspired by other people. We meet somebody who does something interesting and we say, I want to do this because it's, you look so happy doing what you're doing. Yeah. So that's where we derive our energy from because we don't really know what is going to make us happy. And uh, yeah, so growing up, like I'm saying, I had a lot of different dreams. But the one thing that I feel that a student should sort of keep in mind is that Life will never be the way you imagine it to be. But if there's one thing you must always do is just learn. Whatever comes your way, there's no big skill or small skill. It's not like, you know, I don't want to do this. I only want to do that. And uh, this is uh, not great. But maybe I should focus on something which is people think Mm -hmm. is, you know, better. I feel there is no such thing. Whatever skill you have today that will come in useful in in, that'll come in handy so for example let's say you're an artist I'll give you examples of of students so there was a student who was an artist and she was very fond of biology and she she approached me and she said that I love biology and I want to do science but I don't want to be a doctor and her parents were like oh what is the bio? Karne ka fayda kya hai, agar doctor doctor, what's the point? And he keeps drawing karti hai. And uh, so it was like, you know, so you know how we are. We are very traditional and then we discourage the creative skills and we say it, like drawing is a bad thing. It's a waste of time and you should only try to do uh, uh, engineering or medicine. But this girl was so clear that she wanted to do bio and she wanted to do art and she didn't want to give up on art. And that's what my advice to her was that please remain a multi-skilled person. Do not cut down all your skills and all your sort of extracurricular activities and become this single focused person because sometimes whatever you're prioritizing, sometimes it may become a very big thing and you may be really lucky. But many times life changes, COVID has changed the world completely. So we don't know tomorrow what's going to happen. And if you just go down one track and that track suddenly vanishes, it'll be really difficult for you to come back on your two feet. So she continued to do art and she continued to do bio and she became a prosthetic designer. And she said that there are very few people in the world that know both bio and art so well, which is why I'm so successful. So the point is that whatever talent you have, it will. And there's a story that everybody knows that Steve Jobs created Apple because he went on a calligraphy mm. class, which he took in, the, in in his free time. He had attended that class and he understood the beauty mm. of type font. And you may say that uh, it's a waste of time to learn calligraphy. But no matter what skill you have, it is going to help you going forward. So just... Keep learning.
2: I think uh, all the teenagers and all the young population of a country needs to hear this. Totally, because you know uh,
0: you've you've seen the Dilbert cartoons, and the creator of Dilbert mm-hmm. cartoons is a gentleman called Scott Adams, and Scott Adams has very famously said that you may not become the best in your field. Everybody cannot become the best footballer, for instance. Everybody cannot become the best person in artificial intelligence everybody cannot become the best in uh, physics or in history but he says that if you have a talent stack and what he's trying to say is that if you have a number of different skills and all that combination of skills is unique to you you can be the best at a combination of skills and he's a great example because he's a cartoonist and for a cartoonist You not only need to know history, you need to probably know political science, you need to understand culture, you need to be good at drawing, you probably need to be good at English, and you also need to know some marketing. So there are a whole lot of different skills that go into building any one single career. So, you know, just just gain those skills because we don't know what the careers are of tomorrow. We don't know where the world is going to be 10 years from now, 20 years from now. So if you have a lot of skills, don't worry, you can be flexible and you never know which skill will come in handy at what time.
2: Absolutely. And what advice would you like to give to a teenage student who is fiddling to find a suitable career option and feels like this is the end?
0: But to me, the thing is, don't look at your career as this one fixed thing. So for instance, I was a banker, I became a trainer Mm -hmm. and then I became a YouTuber And today, uh, people come to me and say that, uh, can you do some editing of movies and shooting and editing of movies for us for Mm -hmm. our for our company? And I said to them, I said, I have no idea when from a banker, I became this uh, movie Mm -hmm. producer. So because we, I had to learn movie editing and videography and camera and lighting and sound and the YouTube algorithm and SEO and, uh, you know, graphics mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know what all. So uh, there is no one thing. Your career is not one thing. Your career is a number of things. And the more you sort of look at it dynamically rather than looking at it Doctor banne. Because even if you are a doctor, Mm. so let's take an example of a very cliched profession like a doctor. I I don't mean cliched. I think they've they've been the most uh, important people in this time of pandemic. For example, tomorrow, Mm. the world may change and you may not actually end up meeting any physical doctor and everything is going to happen through imaging technologies. So you never know. You may need a little bit of art and understanding of Mm. images and you may need to know a little bit more Mm. about uh, imaging technologies in order to or you may need to know a little more about artificial intelligence to actually be able to find out diagnosis so point i'm making is a career is is just a name but the skill set underlying the career is very dynamic so to any student, my advice always is keep learning, keep acquiring new and different skills. Check out what are the new skills. Don't be afraid to learn. That, that's a big, big thing for so, me. So,
2: and lastly, I would like to know what legacy would you uh, like to leave behind yourself?
0: Okay, to me, <laughs> a legacy is a very big word. And I hope that Chet Chat will be a legacy that I leave behind but if I can get students to love studies, to enjoy learning, yeah, so to me, if I can just get students to love, uh, you know, the whole idea of studying and learning and, you know, just feel like they are empowered to, to pursue the career of their choice, to me, that would be such a big step. It may sound like a drop in the ocean, but if even a couple of students can pursue their dream careers because of the work I do, to me, that is a lot. It doesn't have to be millions and billions of people changing their lives. If I can change the lives of two people or three people and I can make somebody happy and I can make somebody successful and I can make somebody follow their dreams, to me, that is enough. That is a lot. So, yeah, I've never really thought about legacy as this huge big thing, but as a small, small individual Uh, changes that i can do to uh, students lives yeah it's just as simple as that to me
2: and i hope that you reached such senate and yeah it was nice talking to you and thanks a lot for uh, coming into uh, this episode and sending you good advice. thank you so much kushi thank you for having me here and i have just been told that this
0: is the first video that you're going to launch on youtube so wish you all the best for it and i hope you have a rocking start and you do really well and uh, whatever happens keep going stay strong keep producing more and more content and uh, life will turn in your favor
1: I was truly mesmerized by the way Miss Chaitanya put her thoughts in front of us. She is not only a person with a very clear mindset but is also a very beautiful person. And These are the conversations that will not only help you to begin your journey as an entrepreneur or a businesswoman but will also help you to understand the right mindset you need before Digging Deep into Entrepreneurship. I hope this conversation helped you to listen to that little voice coming from your heart. Don't be afraid to chase that voice. I want to thanks again Miss Chetna for joining in the session. And special thanks to you for continuously supporting me. I'll talk to you soon.